Welcome to episode 112 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Sunday night. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the news in the sports world, of course. Right, and of course, and today we'll be talking, of course, the Wisconsin sports world. Right, we'll be talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. Right, talk about them had a nice series win in or in Milwaukee against a tough Angels squad, and then. Yes, we'll talk Milwaukee Bucks. We'll do the Bucks season recap today. Wanted to give you all, including myself, a few days um, after, of course, that that loss, the series loss against the Miami Heat. We'll talk a little bit about it. We'll talk. I want to more focus on what's next, right? What's next for the Milwaukee Bucks after uh, losing a series like that in five games, right? Um, and it just. Right. What's up? What are we looking at for like salary cap situations? What are we looking contract wise? Yeah, so it's gonna be it's unfortunate, but look look at Chris Middleton. It's gonna be a situation for sure. Um, monitoring that, so we'll be monitoring that. Um, but to start, we'll start with the the Milwaukee Brewers. I think. And we'll talk about what happened this past week. Actually, let's go, let's get it over with. Let's go to the Bucks. All right, Bucks losing five uh, historic series for Jimmy Butler. Right, Marquette alum um, highlighting that, but really just a not not a great series for the heavily favored Bucks. Uh, stats say it was, I believe, the fourth or fifth um, um, highest playoff ups- upset in terms of Vegas odds. Right. Um, Bucks were the fourth or fifth most favorite team ever to lose a playoff series. So just really tough, right? A really tough situation. And, you know, especially that last game, it was like, okay, they're up 10 to 12. Back to back collapses were last Monday, last Wednesday. Um, right. 128, 126 was that loss on the last loss in OT. It was like, you know, Bucks were up. It was like, okay, they're, they're going to win this one, force a game six. Very nice. You know, I was feeling good still. Bucks were eleven and a half point favorites coming into that one too, which was incredible. Um, but just highlighting, right? It was a packed packed house at Pfizer. That that game especially, just kind of revisiting how did it happen? You know, right? You can go to a few things. Twenty eight from forty five from the line, only making um also only making like was it like two or three field goals in the fourth quarter. Uh, all-time collapse there as well, right? I mean, again, it starts with the honest 10 for 23 from the line. That's not going to win you games. I think otherwise he had 38 points, 20 rebounds, three assists. I mean, the stats, you know, but it's seven turnovers, four fouls. Giannis in the last three minutes of ending quarters, right? whether it's the first or the fourth quarter, right? It's been a weakness. His efficiency numbers are down, right? Turnovers are up. Makes sense, but... When, when it comes down to having your best, the you want to put the ball in the hands of your best player. It's been tough for Giannis, um, at least against the Miami Heat. It was this whole series, um, which was not not ideal. Um, you know, Middleton ten for twenty four. It's going to be interesting what's going to go on with him. Right, he's going to be due forty million. So, do you, do you trade him? I, I think you trade, you know, and I have the Chris Milton is good shirt right behind me. But I think in a situation like this, 
right? You, you he might have to go. Um, I'm wondering suitors too. I'm wondering how how you, um, you know, with the salary wise, who eats up some of the salary? Uh, questions on that. With Drew Holiday, right? We have two seasons left of him. I'm wondering with him looking, you know, potentially retirement was the reports uh, two years after this contract ends. Now you keep Holiday rest of the way out, right? Or he retires or moves on for that contract. That's what I have in mind. Giannis, you keep, obviously, but there are still talks on what happens next, right? I mean, what what's next for. Um, Giannis after that. I'm not buying into it. Giannis is I believe Giannis is staying here for a while. Right? I don't think people need to worry about that. I think that's getting overhyped to the media, especially. But right, Milton. So let, let me explain the situation with Milton's contract specifically here. So 2023 to 2024, he's entitled to $40 million age 32 year. So not sure. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2023 um, or in 2024. Sorry. Uh, he is a player option, but uh, he's going to accept the player option. Be silly to not take the 40 mil for Middleton. Again, coming off. See, and it, it's tough. He it was not he was injured, right? Most of the year, he was just trying to get conditioned for the playoffs, it felt. Um, so I, I want to highlight him specifically, you know, just right to the offseason stuff, but. Really, I mean, the vets are going to be the, the story um, for this team, right? We know a head-scratcher was right. Jay Crowder not playing a lot at all this series, right? He's getting some um, DMPs, coaches' decisions for, like, the first time in his career. Um, a guy get paid five seconds for, let alone. The, the question remains, why didn't he play a lot? He wasn't effective in those minutes he was out there. So, to Mike Boonholzer's point, you know, he wasn't playing really effective minutes. It's it still, you know, it felt, it felt he had a spot out there against this heat team, but at the same time, you know, in the minutes he was out there, he didn't have a lot of success. Uh, it was kind of like, I thought of him almost like Bryn Forbes go back to playoffs, obviously completely different players. Right. But just the situation, right. Bryn Forbes had a spot against this Miami team scored more points than Jimmy Butler in the whole series two years ago. Right. In the year they make the finals run but then doesn't see the court in like the rest of the series, right? With Boston didn't see it or with, or with Brooklyn didn't see it. My apologies. Um, didn't see it, but I was like, okay. Um, from there. And then against Atlanta, didn't really see the court much. Um, so that was interesting. Right. So I, I mean, I've been just trying to think like, why is that? You know, um, and just matchups, right? It comes down to the the players, the personnel on other teams, right? And this Miami's bench isn't exactly great. Right? I mean, they have some underrated guys, right? Like Caleb Martin played very well. Like guy like Cody Zeller. It felt like you know, nothing against Cody Zeller. It just felt like what the Bucks bring, you know, defensively, offensively. Um, Cody Zeller should have, you know, shouldn't have been had shouldn't have even had minutes in this series, right? But Played ten, you know, played ten minutes in Game Five. Played decent enough all series, really. I mean, kind of upsetting for the, for the Bucks. You just look at this team on pay, paper. It was like, okay, um, Haywood Highsmith. You know, some guys who not many are familiar with Duncan Robinson, who role players for Miami, but 
really came out big. Talk about Gabe Vincent. I think that was a story. A guy who was seen mostly as like a bench guard who really emerged, you know, this season mostly as a guy who could be relevant, whether it was, you know, in a playoff game like this, playing 41 minutes plus 15. But, you know, they, they had guys who step up, is, is my point, right? They had guys who, you know, you can't, Dan Dave, right? I mean, they shot well from three the whole series. They win game one against New York today, right? But, you know, um, to not being the best offensively as they were against Milwaukee. I don't expect them to play as well as they did offensively in this whole series against New York. It's just the Bucks ran to opponent who they should have beat. But what happened was, you know, uh, a team played very well throughout five games. I mean, Miami played some of their, like just stats wise, they played some of their best basketball in this five games first than they did on all 81 games or 82 games. Sorry. Um, in the season, right. In the regular season. So when you have that that combo, just just a nightmare for Milwaukee. Uh, Mike Boonholzer, we talk coaching. His, his future with the team's uncertain. Really is not a great coaching series from him. Whether it was those timeouts in the game, right? Reports where Eric Spolstra didn't know what he was doing with those timeouts and um, not calling them. Like people are shocked, right? Including you and I who were watching the game, were shocked. A lot of question marks on that. Right? Why some of these personnel changes? Why is Giannis not guarding Butler? Why? Why? You know, and why were there some like right when when Jimmy Butler single handedly beat them in game? I was like game four. You know, why? Why was there not a change? Why was that the 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 matchup? Why was Giannis not throwing at him? Why weren't we throwing different coverages at him? Right? Those questions need to be asked. And again, our thoughts are with Mike Budenholzer, right? As he was dealing with right tragic death of his brother. Throughout the series is what we learned after the fact. And again, our thoughts are with Mike Boonholzer and his family, his loved ones, but just an unfortunate situation here for Milwaukee and what's going on here. So end of the season recap, though, we still need to reflect on what this Bucks team did. I and right, we're not going to get into Giannis's post-game comments about you know, what to defines failure and if you thought it was great or not, or if you thought, you know. Like with his legacy and such, I, I don't think that's a fair arguments right now. Um, we just need to talk more, right? For the Bucks fans specifically, w- moving forward here, and then also just reflecting on this great regular season, fifty-eight and twenty-four. You know, and it hurts, right? Having this this talented group of vets, and this is what this talented group of vets gets you when they were Finals favorites. It's unfortunate. It is. I had them in my Finals. Many did. All right, still a fun regular season thing about if you went to games, all the great giveaways, right? There's a there's some Giannis, Giannis bobblehead, right? The dad joke bobblehead. There's some fun shirts and hats. Still a fun series or season cheering on the guys. Bobby Portis, of course. Strides from Marjan Bochamp, right? The rookie. Um, it's still a fun, great season. Still won 58 games. Um. Right, see some of the new vets. Right, Joe, Joe Ingles' first season was was good to see him out for second half. Grayson Allen will be back. Right, don't want to go through like the full Buck season recap here, but I, I do just want to sum it up. Right, um, things happen, losses happen, unfortunate ones happen. I have a good feeling we're gonna have a good chunk of the team back next year. Um, and who knows? This series could be really a wake up call for Mike Budenholzer and the Bucks, whether he's the coach next year or not. 
what we're looking at potentially is who know I, I've seen that we've seen the Damian Lillard trades, of course. Um, the Bucks got to make a splash and get a guy, right? Anthony Edwards highlights the Milwaukee Bucks all like he has. They they got to get a score. Um, you know, Willard would be awesome, right? I I it's not that I feel like Holiday needs to transition to like not a point guard role, right? He's excellent passing, excellent hold, um, handling the ball, but you know he's not like that. He's not that outside scorer, you know, as a point guard where you just feel like like Damian Lillard, for example. You give him the ball, he's a shot creator, right? Right, he'll create shots for himself or others, right? I feel like Holiday does a great job of creating shots for others, but with his shot making for himself, whether it's on the perimeter or whatnot, it's especially in the playoffs, it's it's felt not as great as it once was. So, and of course, defensively, Drew Holiday is still the toughest defensive player in the NBA, no question as a as a guard, right? I mean, savvy vet. I'm I think what what Holiday's done as a defensive player still is underrated. Right, I mean, I'm pretty sure the athletic, you know, polled um, other NBA players, and Holiday came up as the most underrated player. So, right, point proven among his peers, he's being recognized. So, I think that I think that's takeaway moving forward. Middleton, I think Middleton's the biggest question mark. Uh, the the bench with vets is going to be new, right? But for the most part, we're going to see we're, the starters are going to stay the same, barring a change with Middleton and whoever um, he'd get traded for. But I would imagine Holiday, Allen, Antetokounmpo, Lopez for sure. For Bobby Portis, still will be among in the rotation. Pat Connaughton will be still among the rotation. Wondering about like guys like Ingles, Matthews, Crowder. Of course, those are the question marks. Really nice team. Will Bochamp make a leap here? That's what we're hoping for. That's gonna wrap it up for the Bucks recap. I don't. I don't want to go too much further right now while we were still waiting on the rest of the playoffs to go, rest of the off season. Um, Charles Lee, one of Matt, Mike Budenholzer's top assistants, could potentially be the, the coach in Detroit, right? So there's still some things we need to monitor, right? We're, we're, we're waiting on things, is all I'm saying. Let's discuss now more about the Milwaukee Brewers, right? I talked about they win this series in Los An- or against Los Angeles in Milwaukee. I was at the game today, so I don't know why I keep trying to say it was in L.A. So going through this week, though, I had, the, I had the Brewers going four and two. They go three and three. I'm off a game. I had them four and two last week. I got it right. This week I get it wrong by a game. How did that happen? I mean, it really ended up being a tough Monday, tough Tuesday uh, against Detroit. And what happened was the offense was the offense didn't have a good week. I mean, you, you looked they had seven runs on Saturday, but and and six runs Wednesday. But really, it was two runs Monday, three runs Tuesday. Two runs Friday, zero runs on Sunday. So inconsistencies in the offense and a left-handed pitching, right? We talked was a struggle with this Milwaukee Brewers team. They get seven runs Saturday, but you know, they get shut out Sunday. Majority of lefties. Jose Suarez, a guy with a 10 plus ERA, comes in, pitches a gem. Uh Matt Moore comes out of the pen. Uh just struggling against left-handed hitting has been a story. Um Otherwise, like I mean, if we go back to last Monday, we talk kind of what happened. It was right those those three run innings, three run home runs, um, were, were were the issues. Two three run home runs in both games. That's all all Detroit really needed. Uh, Colin Ray credit him two starts this week sets his career record for 
his single game record for strikeouts on Sunday. Pitched very well to Colin Ray. It was it, for for Ray, right? It's not this blow away velo. It's it's that spin rate along with you know deceptiveness and right the change of the curveball and then the fastball, right? Being able to just keep guys off guard. That's how right Mike Trout has a hat trick today. You know, and tough to do, but what what um you know what Ray was able to do just keeping him off guard was was really powerful in this one at least in Sunday. I'm not trying to work too far ahead of myself. Um I did want to also highlight right um three home runs were Monday, Tuesday. You get the win 6 6 to 2 on Wednesday. Then 2 to 1 Friday, 7 to 5 Saturday. Let's talk more takeaways. Craig Council, Willie Adamas get tossed on Saturday. I had friends at the game. Got the scoop, got the video. Of course, I was watching the game, so I, I was watching, but it was good to see from their perspective what happened. Um, right? I mean, it was frustrating, it really was, because um, what we saw was, you know, pace of play rules come in. Uh, Adamas steps out, calls, tries to call time, does not get granted time. Okay, fine, he doesn't get granted time, so the pitch is allowed. Um, Clearly high, called a strike regardless, and then right gets the time strike. Then for arguing, uh, council gets tossed there, and then strikes out swinging. The next two pitches, maybe a pitch later, then Adamas goes a disaster for home plate umpire Adam Beck. Right, strikes on was a tough night. Saturday in general is actually one of the worst days for umpires since 2021 in terms of called you know correct called strike percentage. So. When you look at things like that, that's when we see, you know, issues, right? Collectively with umpires, new pace of play rules, issues officiating that. Um, right. And Corn Burns pitches well Saturday. What was working for him was you know, only five strikeouts, but the cutter was really working. Uh, right. Fastball also. Uh, Burns looked right. We're hoping for the strikeout numbers to go back up, which for Burns, it's like, okay, five strikeouts, six in six innings. Isn't actually like, Cornburns esque. We're thinking like eight or nine strikeouts, like over a strikeout per inning, but still a very well or very good job for um, the Brewers there winning that series against the Angels. I was again being at the game Sunday. I just want to like try to put the Shohei Otani experience in perspective. Right? He wasn't pitching, but he's, he's DH today. Okay. At bat number one, um, I'm sitting on the, you know, like the first base side. Um, uh, well, what happens is right foul ball. Shohei Otani. Okay, it's, well, he, he hits this foul ball, right off the bat. It was absolute screamer. I looked at it and I was like, okay, this might be. I'm, I'm thinking oh, for sure 110, right? And this foul ball, like 110 miles per hour off the bat. I'm like, this thing was just hit. Like it was hit hard. So um, I, I look up and I'm like, well, where my jaw drops? I look over at my dad. I'm like, he just hit it 118 off the bat. 118 miles per hour off the bat did Shohei Otani off. It was a foul ball. Not many people talked about it, you know, even on Twitter, right? Statcast. I don't know what they reported it as, but it was incredible. Um, I was I was shocked. Like I've never heard or seen a ball hit that hard in my life. Right? I've never been in person to see something like that. So it was really cool to see. And then Shohei Otani's home run, 114 miles per hour off the bat. A thirty-nine degree launch angle. I, I like. 
I got a 45 degree if you think right the 90 degree angle. 45 is right split in half there on that direct angle. He had a 39 degree. So to put that in perspective, just think about the home run that like how high that ball wins. It almost hit the dome in American Family Field. But when he hit it that high, he also hit it at 114 miles per hour. I mean, it carried out. I, I didn't think it was a home run. Like off the bat, I was like, okay, he hit it to the deepest part of the park. That's going to get caught. Sure enough, it makes it out, right? Shohei Otani hits a 114-mile-per-hour home run, and you know I, I couldn't believe it. was shocked to see that, and you know they win today. Thankfully, Otani didn't pitch against the Brewers this series. That was going to be like, like you got to be there for that, right? For sure. Um, otherwise, you know, the weekend, today's game was tough. Only like three hits, two hits, three hits, I think. Um, defensively, it wasn't like a terrible game today. I thought, I thought the whole series, like this first team is a lot better defensively than I thought, you know, when it starts in center field, right? Joey Weimer's range now. I mean, Garrett Mitchell not being there is, is sad, right? Really, really rooting for that man, hoping he's come back, comes back soon. We mount in center, his range is incredible. Yelch made some great diving play. Yelch playing his best defensive season, I think, since 2018. You know, throw 2019 even out, out the way. I think 2018. I think what he's done, you know, in terms of range, um, right? The arm still has, I don't think the arm is ever going to be there, um, as it once was, but with Yelch, the amount of range he's covering and left, it's really been an asset for this team. Then also. Right, I mean, of course, Contreras behind the plate being one of the best framers because the Brewers have this awesome fra- history of framing catchers, improving their framing skills. That's been exciting. I don't, I've been very pleased. Uh, we do have some trades to report, right? First off, Javi Guerra, right, reliever, um, goes from Brewers to Tampa Bay for a player to be named later or cash considerations. And also the Milwaukee Brewers then, before the game today, get Trevor McGill, not Tyler McGill, not Tyler McGill, um, who's on the Mets. They get Trevor McGill, who is, again, on the Minnesota Twins, now Milwaukee Brewer, in exchange for a player to be named later or cash considerations. Let's talk right about what Trevor McGill brings to the table for this team. Um, really, I mean, th- so far this, you know, in 2022, I can give you, um, we're looking ERA wasn't that good. Um, X ERA of four, nine, one, but what we're looking at, why do you think the Brewers got this guy, right? Fastball velocity, 97%, 97th percentile fastball spin, 93rd percentile curve spin, 85th percentile. So when you have this kind of combination for, you know, a pitcher of like, right, kind of to their middle relief, that's going to be powerful, right? I mean, the Brewers believe they can work with, right, a fastball spin in the 93rd percentile and a curve spin in the 85th percentile. Um, it's just about getting, right, the accuracy there, um, some walks issues. And then also just like, right, the location I, I've talked. He's gotten rocked, I mean, the last two years. It's not like this guy's going to come in and be an ace, right? But we're looking at forcing curveball slider um, in, in the repertoire. So pretty basic. Um, he was throwing a sinker a little bit, so I'm seeing. But in terms like of his profile, 
looking for some for some comparisons, right? Baseball savant, shout him out in the DFS at series. Um right, just looking at some movement stuff. Comparison like Logan Gilbert, I guess that's that's kind of comparable. Um I, but again, Mc, Logan Gilbert's a starter. We're looking more at as a middle relief kind of guy um for McGill. I, I'm optimistic. I like the move, right? Baseball savant tells us kind of what the Brewers were looking at in this move. And, you know, I, I trust the Brewers pitching um, development. So I'm looking at that. I had two more thoughts. You know, I wanted to talk about, right, how when Council got ejected and was like seeing Pat Murphy manage this year, considering Council's contract runs up at the end of this year, not trying to talk things into existence, I want Craig Council to come back. But having a one of his sons is going to be in college, playing college ball, it brings the question, will he be back, right? And you can totally 110% respect his decision walking away, being the greatest manager in Brewers franchise history. To again, right, his family, having a kid playing college, got to gotta be there and supporting. Pat Murphy's got to be a guy who's got to at least get, you know, first dibs at the job, right? I think what Pat Murphy's done, being one of council's coaches in the past, incredible, incredible stuff. So moderating that. Okay, let's talk the schedule this week. Six games, one off day. Off day tomorrow, May 1st. So Brew Prediction Challenge will be posting more on Tuesday. I want to I keep it you know, fresh in the mind then. So it's 740 Tuesday Central, 740 Wednesday, and then 210 on Thursday. And then we go out, right? I mean, we're in Colorado. We go officially out west. Friday first pitch, 915 p.m. Brewers after dark. Here we go. 6.15 p.m. on Saturday. And then 3.05 on Sunday. So all these times are in Central. But what I want to highlight is the following. Is 3.05 Central on Sunday. That game's going to get done, you know, probably like like 5.30, 6 o'clock Central. And it's really going to be 4 o'clock West. But Brewers got to come all the way back out here then. They got to come back to Milwaukee. They got a game Monday, 6.40 p.m. against the Dodgers. So pretty quick turnaround. Lots of travel there. I, the schedule, like the, This doesn't work well. Like The schedule's not ideal. Um, they do get an off day on a Thursday, though, not to get ahead of myself. But six games this week, West Coast trip at Coors Field. I, the Mexico City trip this year, I loved it. I love when players, I love when they go to high-altitude places. I love it so much. So Brewers go to Colorado. I'm all in. Uh, they face a Giants team. West Coast trip. What are we thinking? I'm thinking three and three. You know, not to look too much into it, but right, the Giants have done well against the Brewers recently. I, I do think the Brewers take the two out of three in Colorado. But I, I do think a slip up potentially this. You know, with a tougher schedule coming up, um, and also playing nine straight games, I think that's going to impact how Craig Council manages some of these games. Also looks like right. Colin Ray started again, did well. I'm hoping that continues, but um, I think we're going to have Burns maybe on Thursday. Hopefully we get Burns on Friday against San Francisco, but more worried about those matchups later in the week. I'm feeling good about the middle of rotation here coming up, but you see what I'm saying? Also kind of worried about pitching in Colorado, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, looking like a tough series for the Brewers against the Giants. Again, Three and three is the record prediction this week. And before we go, right, because that's main stuff we're talking here, we've got to make some of the, of course, the announcements. Journey to a Million, it's going to be tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Central. 
yes, moving around the time this week. It's a busy time of the year for all three of us. Um, so we'll be moving to 10 a.m. Central just for this week. Tomorrow we'll be previewing the NFL draft. Or previewing, it's all over. We're going to recap the NFL draft. we got some fun games planned. Hence, one of the games involves the NFL futures. We'll be talking about that. Fantasy football landing spots, best drafts, worst drafts. We're grading some drafts. Very fun. Talk about how good our mock drafts were. Predicted actually a, a Packers pick or two on that. Otherwise, this later this week, hoping on Friday again. We're going to preview some baseball, preview the slate, win the slate, right? Um, and we're going to just enjoy that, right? We're going to thank Point Brewery for bringing in some root beer, as always. But that's that's the schedule this week, right? And also, of course, those power rankings, all the content is going to be out, uh, right, on at your sports crew, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You'll find it all there. And um, also on YouTube, right? YouTube Shorts. You'll find all the content at your sports crew again. And uh, that's going to wrap it up here for myself, Drew Skyberg, here on this Sunday night. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.